Hallelujah. Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome, beloved. I trust each and every single one of you has had a great day in the Lord. Tonight, we continue with growing in the Word with the mandate that the Spirit of God has given us. Uh, I want to share some few thoughts with you tonight with regards to certain things that the Spirit of God has been ministering to me. Uh, let's look at Exodus chapter 34. Just give me a second, just waiting to bless. Thank you. Sorry about that something was distracting me. Uh, Exodus 34 verse 1. And the Lord said to Moses, Cut two tablets of stone like the first one, and I will write on these the tablets, the words that were on, uh, can you lower the volume for my monitors here? Please uh, bear with us. We're live, so uh, anything can happen. Praise the Lord. Uh, well, let's continue. Uh, verse 1 again. And the Lord said to Moses, Cut two tablets of stone like the first one, and I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablet which you wrote. So be ready in the morning, and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai, and Present yourself to me there on top of the mountain. Now this is the instruction that the Lord gave Moses when he called him up to the mountains and he said, Present yourself to me with the two tablets of stones which he had broken previously. Now, these were the stones where the law or the word of God was written by the finger of God. 
So God calls Moses to present himself to the mountain that the Lord may speak to Moses and communicate his word to him and also write the laws for Israel. Now, this is significant because we see the intentions of God in his governorship of his people, that he desires that his people be governed by his word. Now, Moses spent 40 days and nights on the mountain to receive God's word. Now, these are the very same words that Moses communicated to Israel and he said to them, they are your life. They are your life. Because something happened on the mountain while the Lord was speaking his word to Moses. The Bible says that Moses did not know it. There were certain effects that took place in the body of Moses while God was speaking his word to him. The Bible tells us that Moses did not know that the skin of his face began to shine. So the speaking of God produced an effect on the body of Moses. It altered the fabric of Moses' own body. If we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the Bible says that what happened with Moses was that the word imparted glory. Imparted glory into Moses. Now this was the natural side effect of the speaking of God. The Bible says while God, while he was speaking with him, he did not know it. But it's important that you understand that he was there for a long time, for 40 days and 40 nights, every single day. God knows for how many hours each day was the word communicated to Moses. This is probably where he even received the revelation of creation in Genesis and other revelations that are communicated within the five books of Moses. But there was glory that, that, that lasted the entirety of his life. That 40-day experience with God produced so much glory that not even the children of Israel after that encounter could behold him. He had to put a veil to hide, to shroud the light of the glory that was coming out. Think about it. 
that the word, the word, the word, the speaking of God produced glory in the body of a man. Produced glory. God knows what was going on in his spirit. God knows what was going on in his soul. But glory was produced. And it affected him for the rest of his life. Because God had designed man. You see, Moses' experience shows us that man was created to host the word of God. That man was created. His, his, his physical being was created to abs absorb the glory, assimilate the glories that come from the word. Remember, words that God was speaking to Moses are spiritual, but the effects materialized into this physical plane. It was seen that Moses was with God. These are some of the things that happened with the apostles. How that the Pharisees and the Sadducees could tell that these men had been with Jesus. There was a physical change that they saw from the spiritual ministry and activity of Jesus Christ that took place. And Moses tells them, we will read it in a few minutes. Moses tells them that, that God led you to the wilderness and caused you to hunger for these 40 days. That you may learn that man does not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man was created to live by the spoken word of God. He was created to live by what God says. That is how God had designed the human being. That his life, his destiny would be governed by what God speaks. That's why Moses did not go up to the mountain to receive any other thing but the word of God. That word, those ten commandments and the laws that proceeded were designed to help Israel live through the generations. He spoke once and intended that those laws were enough to sustain generation after generation. This is what prospered Israel. This is what preserved Israel when they followed the precept of God. This is what kept them. The word of God. And here's the mystery. The mystery is that uh, uh, God commanded Moses. Before I say that, let me say this. Jesus says, he says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Quoting what Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter 8. So Jesus established as law, living by the spoken word. So there's another or a higher process or system of living that goes beyond any other physical system that exists. And that is the system of living by the word of God. So there are those who live 
by physical food or by the material world that depend on the material world. Ah, but Jesus says that man shall not live by bread alone. So there is another system that you can walk in and live by that will put you above the material world. And that is living by the word of God. By what God says. But God is in heaven. <laughs> so, how, how, <laughs> so how does God then continue to speak to you every single day when he is in heaven? Yet Jesus says that is how God determined for you to live. By what God says. But God is in heaven. And how do you hear God every single day? Or how can you hear him? For your life, your needs, your destiny, your future, your family, your provision. That's what I want to talk to you about today. You can live a life beyond this physical world. There is a life that exists by which a man can live that would cause him to not only superimpose above this world but overcome it. And Jesus gave us answer two or three questions for you tonight. Number one, how you can live by every word of God. Number two, what is the strategy of God for materializing what he says, what he promises his people. And number three, the mystery of the earth. Why God instructed Moses to build the ark. The ark was called the ark of the covenant. Ask yourself, why is it called the ark of the covenant? Why is it the ark of the covenant? Why is it not called the ark of God? Or the ark of glory? It is called the Ark of the Covenant. What is an Ark? What is an Ark? And why was it called the Ark of the Covenant? And the Bible says this to us. Bible says that the Ark of the Covenant had in it one important piece that was hidden in it. In fact, two 
303. The rod of Aaron. The manna. And the tablets of stone. The tablets of the testimony of God. So the Ark of the Covenant. With all its significance. Contains a mystery. And that mystery is the mystery of the word. That the deepest place, because Jesus says, He that overcomes, I will give him the hidden manna. So this is manna that is hidden. So it's manna that is not accessible to every single person. But to those who overcome. So Jesus will go to the hidden place where the manna is stored. And we know figuratively that that manna was stored or hidden in the Ark of the Covenant. So in the Ark of the Covenant is the deepest place in God where the manna is stored. Where the logos is stored. Because we know that that Ark represented the presence, the glory, the figure of God. So the manna, the tablet of stone, and the rod of Moses are hidden right deep in the presence of God. So right in the deepest vestiges of God, in the bosom of God, you find the logos. The logos of God. The logos of God. And Jesus, I will give you the hidden manna of God. So the deepest places of God is in the Logos and is the Logos. And that is the covenant, the Ark of the Covenant. The covenant which God made with Moses. The covenant which God made with Jesus. The covenant which God made with Abraham. Just every time the Ark is present, God was bound on him by his glory, by his power, because he had signed the covenant. That act was a remembrance that I had spoken to man. I had made promises to man. And I am bound by the covenants which I have made by my word to fulfill them. So I, 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 I think by now you, you, you are beginning to realize how important the word of God is. And this is one of the reasons why the Holy Ghost asked us, instructed us to host and broadcast his word. Present his people to his word. Present the word to his people for 40 days in this year of prosperity and destruction. Because the spirit of God, he has a plan. He, he, he is working something. There is something the spirit of God is getting ready to do in the earth. But his people must give him attention. His people must give him attention. Jesus said, Jesus was talking to John. Jesus was talking to the seven churches. Yet in him, speaking his instructions, speaking and pronouncing his blessings and, and, and his rebuke over those churches, he still said, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So the Spirit, the Spirit is saying something. 
that needs to be heard by the churches. And he did not say, let him hear what the Spirit is going to say. Or what the Spirit has said. He said what the Spirit is saying. So in every generation, the Spirit is consistently transmitting the mind of God, the will of heaven unto men. But who is receiving the frequencies? That is the question. Sunday Christianity is not enough to, to, to fully assimilate what the Spirit is saying to the church. Because many, 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 many of God's servants, many of God's people, they are deaf. They couldn't tell you a day what the Spirit of God is saying. They couldn't tell you what the Spirit of God is saying. So he gives us what he has said through the logos, but there's also what he is saying that is essential for our current condition, our current state, for where we have, we need to go. Beloved, beloved, we must get, we must become intentionally serious about hearing what the Spirit is saying. The Spirit is saying. And remember, what Jesus was saying to the seven churches, he was speaking through a man. So even when he said, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, he, he would still need to transmit that same message through a man. Because men are God's vehicle. Men are God's transmission systems. Men are God's processes, are God's strategies of advancing and changing everything in this earth. Remember, he had given the earth to man, but the heavens of heaven belong to him. So if God is going to do anything, if the Spirit is going to speak, if Jesus is going to speak, if Jesus is going to work, it is going to be through a man. Let us make man in our image, in our salam, in our phantom, in our ghost. So Adam was made in the image of God. He was God's phantom, God's image to creation. He was a vessel. He was a transmitter. At least that's what God intended him to be. A transmitter of the mind of God to creation. So after we have heard what the Spirit has said, or what the Spirit is saying, we need to know how to walk in it. Like I just said to you, Men are God's strategy for his people. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. verse 18. 
and you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day so there's something we need to understand about God that the dealings that God is are working in the arena of the earth is for one primary reason and that is to establish covenant so everything God has been doing with from Abraham to Israel and right into the coming of Christ has been with the intentions of establishing or fulfilling his covenant which he had made to Abraham. Before Abraham, he had made a covenant with Noah. But with Abraham, he made a, a, a special covenant because it was an, a, a covenant that would allow God to establish a new race in the earth. A race that were to become the image of God that Adam fell or failed in to become. So that is the covenant that he had made to create a race of people that would become the standard or the image of the human race. So God is saying now here in the scripture we just read, that how is he, how is how he's going to establish this covenant is through the power of wealth. So wealth is God's plan for his people for the purpose of establishing covenant so God's purposes in the earth God's agenda in the earth God's plans in the earth must be preceded by a move of the spirit in wealth not in miracles Not in signs. The biggest sign that the church must demonstrate is the sign of wealth. Jesus said, 
to the church, the seventh church, the last church, he said to them that you, 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 you think you are wealthy, but you don't know that you are miserable, you are poor, you are naked. Then Jesus says to them, he did, he did not deny or he did not uh, uh, speak against or want them to be poor. It's just that their wealth was not toward God. So Jesus says to them, I want you to come buy gold from me that you may be rich. So Jesus has gold that can make men rich. So Jesus wanted them to be rich, but they wanted, he wanted them to be rich on his terms. Not on their terms. So he says, buy from me gold that you may be rich. The covenant of God will never be established without wealth. This is a pattern that is shown through the deliverance of Israel. It is shown through the temple of Solomon. How that is, even though God gave David the plans, it was not until the end of his life that he brought forth the wealth to bring about the plans that the Spirit had given Moses. So no plan of the Spirit, no pattern shown Moses on the mountain can materialize without wealth. Tell the people to bring unto, my, or unto me gold and offerings of gold and silver and scarlet and purple of whatever riches they have that they may build me a sanctuary. And this is a temple which is a type and shadow of the body, of the temple of Christ. So God builds his temple. God builds his sanctuary with wealth. So prosperity is an essential thing for the establishment of the purposes of God. So we may have every power in, of the spirit, but without wealth power, we, we are incapable of advancing God's purposes. We are incapable of advancing God's agenda. So the plans, the will of God for your life, the plans and purposes of God for your life can never come to its fullness or its consummation without wealth. So when God gets ready, to establish covenant, to fulfill covenant, to fulfill promise. He says wealth is an indicator. And this is not, my brother and sister, the wealth you get from working. This is not the wealth you get from toiling. This is supernatural wealth. Wealth that is bequeathed to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wealth. And this is not money. Let me read you something. Revelations. Chapter... Number um, 
I believe it's five. Chapter five, verse 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the numbers of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. And we know this is in reference to Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive. He, he died. He was slain to receive. He died to receive. He died to receive. Now, this is what heaven is revealing to us about the death of Jesus from their perspective. It is just like what the Bible says when the cherubims worship around the throne of God. They say, the whole earth is filled with your glory. They did not say some parts of the earth. They say the whole earth. Meaning, there is a frequency of perspective that these beings have about God that makes them see glory in every area of the earth. And in the same way, heaven has a different understanding about the death of Jesus. And he's telling us that Jesus was slain. The lamb was slain to receive. So, from heaven's perspective, the purpose for which Jesus died was to receive something. From, out, from man's perspective, the purpose for which Jesus died was for sins. The purpose for which Jesus died was to redeem man. But heaven doesn't see it that way. Heaven says Jesus died to receive something. So, if he died to receive it, if he died to reclaim it, that means that this thing was lost. Because he had to receive it again. And remember, in the same way that Jesus' death was not for himself, whatever he died to receive was not for himself. It was meant for someone. It was meant for the same people that he died for. So, he, he died to receive. Let's look at what he died to receive. He died to receive dunamis, power, and riches. This is, this is important. This is important to understand. Jesus died to receive power and riches. Question is, have you received salvation? Are you a Christian? You would say, yes. Question is, have you received riches? Because in the same way that salvation belongs to you, riches belong to you. And the question you must ask yourself, what have you done to receive salvation? What work have you done to receive salvation? Because the, the same process of receiving salvation is the same process you begin to enter the dimension of riches. Because remember, the riches are for a purpose. 
If prosperity does not govern every move of the spirit, that move will never last. Wealth is what governs, is what sustains a move. You see, my brothers and my sisters, there's something we need to understand about God. There's something we need to understand about the workings of the Spirit of God. It is more important what God thinks than what we think. It is more important what God has. I mean, it, it, the opinions of God are more important than our own opinions. We think that it is prayer and intercession and which I'm not against that drive God's move. But God, speaking to Israel, Saying, I am giving you power to establish covenant. He didn't say, I'm giving you power power. He said, I'm giving you wealth power. The deliverance of Israel happened not on the back of prayers, but it happened on the back of God remembering the covenant which he made to Abraham. And on account of that, he raised a prophet. So prophets are there as a representation of the establishment of the covenants of God. We must follow scripture, not church dogma, not what was passed on to us. We must follow the word of God. We must look at the pattern. What prayer did Abraham pray? Yet the Bible says that God blessed him in all things. He was blessed in gold, in land, in cattle, in livestock. He was blessed. Yet we never see any prayer that Abraham initiates. Yet it is God who always comes down and ascends when he gets ready to communicate with Abraham. It says, my cities shall spread abroad. Not because of prayer hours. But of wealth. Of wealth. The temple. All temples were built by wealth. The first temple, which was the temple of Moses, the tabernacle of Moses, was built by wealth. When God said, see to it that you build according to the pattern, it was wealth that materialized it. Same thing with David and, and Solomon's temple. Beloved, we must, we must get hooked, get plugged into God's program. Jesus died to receive riches. He died to receive riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing. So the one who has received his salvation can access these dimensions of the death of Christ. But he must know how. He must know how. He must know how. You see, every answer God or every prayer that God has answered, he answered it through a man. Man is always God's reference point for everything he does. The word became a man, not a goat, not a lion, not a cheetah, 
the word became a man. That means when, when the word got ready to express himself in creation, he became a man. So that means the greatest representation of the word is a man. The man, the man is a representative. He is, he is, the, the Bible calls him, the Bible calls him the, the, the word made flesh. So every word God is going to speak to you is going to speak through a man. You are a man, right? If you hear God, that means God has spoken to you, through you. Because man is the closest being created in the frequency of the word. You must understand something about creation. That creation is, is a product of the sound of God, of the frequency of God. And they heard a sound walking. So the word in his full expression is sound. And man vibrates, vibrates. He's the closest being that vibrates at the frequency of God. So covenants are established through man. Covenants are fulfilled through man. I said to you, when God remembered Israel, because remember, God told Abraham, he gave Abraham a revelation of his descendants that they would be in bondage for 400 years. But after 400 years, the nation in which they are enslaved, he will judge. And he will bring them out with great substance. That's the promise he made him. He says, when they get delivered, they will be delivered with wealth. They will be delivered. chapter 12. Hosea chapter 12. Is sounds coming out? Let's read. Hosea chapter 12 verse 13. He says, by a prophet, the Lord so the Lord was the one that was doing it, but the instrumentality was a prophet. He says, by a prophet, the Lord brought out Israel out of Egypt. So that's deliverance. And by a prophet, he was preserved. So Israel was brought out of Egypt by a prophet. And he was preserved by a prophet. Let's go into the New Testament and see the thinking of the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. 
Verse 7. He says, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. He says, Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So, Christ has gift. And he says, according to that measurement, everyone in the body of Christ has grace. Grace is given in measurement of Christ's gift. So Christ's gift is what measures the grace that comes into a believer's life. Now, what gift is this? Yes, 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 something that I would want to highlight here. The Father has a gift. The Bible says the gift of the Father is the Holy Ghost. The gift of God is the Holy Ghost. The Bible says the Holy Ghost has gifts, which are the nine manifestations of the Spirit, which are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And all the two gifts of the Godhead, the gifts of the Father, the gifts of Jesus, I mean, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all these two gifts are spiritual in nature. But the gifts of Christ are not spiritual. The gifts of Christ are men. Christ's gift is not spiritual. You'll see it. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. So these gifts that he gave to men, when Paul translates this thing, he translates it as the gift or, or the men as the gifts. Which he gives to men. Because these gifts are Christ's offices in the earth. Let's read. Now this he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended above all that he might feel all things. Then in verse 11 says, And he himself gave some apostles. There's no to be. He himself gave some apostles. Now this, this Paul, by the Spirit, begins to list these gifts. He says he gave some apostles. So an apostle is a gift. A prophet is a gift. An evangelist is a gift. So he says there are some in the body that are given the apostle or the prophet as a gift. Some. So, not everyone is given an apostle because they may not need him. Because remember, these gifts come from Christ. So, in, in, in the mind of God, in the mind of Jesus, these gifts carry the same weight because their purpose is the same. Their function may be different though, but their purpose is the same. 
So they are, they are given. That means some Christians over in, in, in Australia are given apostles. Some Christian over in uh, Asia or uh, the West or Europe or Africa, they are given a prophet. So it doesn't matter what you are given. As long as you have one of these gifts, you are up up, you are okay. Because these gifts serve the same mission. The mission the gifts serve is to... No, let me not get ahead of myself. So we see that God is still using man as his instrument, as his vehicle, as his system for prospering, delivering, advancing, blessing, empowering his people. You know, the body of Christ would understand this. And if those gifts would understand the purpose, the real purpose for which Christ gave them to the people of God. No child of God would be feeble. No child of God would be sick. No child of God would be poor. No child of God would be without power. In this world, child of God, in the body of Christ, you need two people. You need the Holy Ghost on earth. You need the Holy Ghost and a ministry gift. You may have the Holy Ghost, but without the ministry gift, the purpose of God cannot be established because Christ sent the Holy Spirit to embody the ministry gifts. So the ministry gifts are the presence of Christ. They take the place of the absent Christ here on earth. Paul says, I, I am an apostle and I highly magnify my office. Because he knew. He said, I'm an apostle not according to the will of man, but according to the will and purposes of God. According to the commandment of God, this apostleship was given me. If you say you are a Christian and you don't have or you are not submitted under one of these ministry gifts or you don't have them in your life forget any covenant forget any promise being fulfilled in your life there is no such thing i i can make it without a servant of god i can make it without a pastor without evangelist without an apostle you can't you are kidding yourself you are deceiving yourself because to live without this is to cheat you out of your inheritance. Is to forfeit any access into inheritance. When it comes to salvation, you need Jesus. When it comes to prosperity, you need a prophet. You need an apostle. You need an evangelist. You need a pastor. I am telling you this because the Bible is clear. The Bible says by a prophet he preserved them. By a prophet he prospered them. By a prophet he delivered them. Believe in God, you are established. But if you want to prosper, you must believe in his prophets. So God's strategy for prosperity is the rise, is, is, is the maturity, the maturity, the perfection of these ministry gifts. So these ministry gifts must be perfected.
Perfection is coming. Oh, there is a remnant. There are those who have not yet bowed down to Baal. There are, not, there are those who have not yet kissed and made friendship with the world. There are those whom the Spirit of God has been hiding in his treasuries, in his bosom, preparing them for days like this. Men who will rise in the authority and the power of God, who will rise with the rod and the scepter of righteousness and glory and declare the power of the kingdom. Yes, the Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power. There are those with power that are coming, whose words will be backed up with the might of heaven. The power to get wealth is the power to command the hosts of heaven. Because that word is translated army. So when God was speaking to them in Deuteronomy chapter 8, he was saying, it is I that gives you power to, 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 to control, to have authority, to work with my heavenly army. The Moseses of this generation are rising. The Elijahs of this generation are rising. Men who know how to rout the power of God. Men who know how to rout possibilities for the people of God. Men who have been raised and reared by the Rima and Logos of God. Men who have risen to the mountains of God and received through intimacy, communication to transform nations. We are in those days, I still remember when Jesus commissioned me into the prophetic ministry. He said, speak and your words will not fall to the ground. And now I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to you. Beloved, child of God, believe. 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 You see, the, the, the weight, the, the, the genuineness of an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist is, is how skillful he is in the prophetic dimensions of God. How much of what he says happens? How much of what he says comes to pass? The failure in a ministry, in a ministry gift, the failure comes when, when a ministry gives words, do not produce power. Remember, Jesus said, they went everywhere preaching the word. The Lord working together with them. The Lord, the Lord confirming his word with signs and wonders. So if a man truly preaches, truly teaches the word of God, there must be signs. There must be wonders. From his word. From his word. So I just showed you that God's strategy for your deliverance. You see, you need an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist. A pa- it doesn't matter what you think about. Your opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. It, it, hey, it doesn't matter. What matters is what he said. 
And I haven't, I haven't read you their purposes yet. I think I'll do that tomorrow. But you've just read that you need a prophet, an apostle, an evangelist, more than you need your employer, more than you need your president, more than you need your colleagues. You see, once you understand this, once you understand this, the ministry gift that is that that exists to transmit grace to you. Once you understand this, he will become your doctor. He will become your bank. He will become your investor. He he will become your security guard. His presence in your life would mean everything. The Bible says, the Bible says, not one of them was feeble. Not one of their clothes wore out. 40 years, not one wore out. They were kept by the presence of Moses. That's why when there was a prophet, when, they, when Israel had a leader, they followed God. But when a leader was absent, they went asunder. They went their own ways. The Bible says, they, in the days of Joshua, Israel followed him all his days, as long as he was alive. When he died, it was finished. So because pe people are sheep, and sheep are lost without shepherds. And the shepherd of the body of Christ, the shepherds of the body of Christ are the ministry gifts. They are God's strategy, beloved. This is the word of God. They are God's strategy for your prosperity. If you ever want to taste the wealth of the kingdom, don't play far from a ministry gift. The problem with people is that they have more honor for their employers than for the ministry gift that God has sent. Because remember, the Bible says he himself. So the, the, the person you see, the pastor you see, the prophet you see, the apostle you see, he, he, he was given to you by Jesus himself. He came to you. He is in your life by the command of Jesus. And this is the folly of Christians. They disrespect, disobey, undermine the ministry gift. And then they, they go to prayer and say, oh God, provide for my needs. You are a joker. It don't work that way. <laughs> it don't work that way. If you are a Christian, there are standards, there are systems that if you would not observe, you will never benefit from your Christianity. Man, ministry gifts are God's strategy for prospering his people. God wants to prosper you, beloved. In this year, in this year, God wants to bring you into unimaginable possibilities, unimaginable wealth. That's what God has determined. That's what the Spirit of God, that's his desire. That's his desire for you. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? Ah, oh, Lord. We are called 
to transmit the power of heaven to the world. That's why me and you are talking today. That's why glory in the world exists. It's about loading you with the word. To get your system, spirit, soul, and body inundated, saturated in the word. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? There are sacrifices a man must make. Moses was not taken to the mountain by an elevator. He needed to climb. There were efforts he needed to make to hear God. Sacrifices. There are things he needed to leave behind, Pastor Eric. And beloved, the Spirit of God is calling you. He's calling you. And he's telling you, if you're going to reach the mountaintop, there are things you have to leave behind. Your priority your priority in this 40 days and in this 2022 should be to see through the word of the Lord. The Bible tells us that God hastens. The word there is to keep watch, to be sleepless. He is awake to perform his word. In other words, God, 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 God does not have sleep because he must fulfill his word. The fulfillment of his word is what God, what keeps God awake. He, he remains sleepless because the word of God must be fulfilled. I'm calling out to the remnant of God. Those who have felt the wooings and the nudgings of the spirit of God. It is time it is time to leave behind all the meaningless things of life and follow Jesus. The Bible says they left everything. They left all and followed him. The condition of our world today is proof that the world is not enough for you. The world can't cater for your needs. There is always something there was always a compromise you must make for this world to have anything from this world. Question is, will you compromise for this world or for Jesus? Lift up your hands. Let's pray. Oh, Precious Lord, your people are presented before you. Your word has gone out. Oh, I ask in the name of Jesus that your presence reaches out to the person behind that screen. I ask in the name of Jesus that the hand of God be outstretched 
to the person watching this. You know at what point, at what station they are in life. Oh God, but your word has gone out. Your word has gone out. Your word has gone out. I ask in the name of Jesus that the proof and proofs of your word be evident in the life of that dear brother and that dear sister. Oh, I ask in the name of Jesus. So I speak to you as a prophet and servant of God. You will prosper. You will prosper. The word that is coming to you is transmitting prosperity to you. You will enter into divine possibilities. God will bring you before his army. The Lord of hosts before you, above you, behind you. If you are sick in your body, receive healing right now. Whatever disease, affliction, infirmity that has been ravaging your body, receive healing right now. The power of God be with you. I give you bread to eat. In the name of Jesus. You will not hunger. You will not thirst. You will not lack or want. God's promises are materializing in your life. The Bible says that Abraham became a father of many nations according to what was spoken. You will become what God determined you to be. Oh, hallelujah. Just bless God where you are. The Spirit of God is with you. The glory of God is with you. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, precious spirits of the living God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, receive ministry from the Spirit. And this is what you'll continue to receive. The presence of God, the manifestation of the Spirit. The signs of the Lord, the tokens of the Lord will be evidence in your life. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's session and stay tuned for tomorrow. 6 p.m. We are live. Glory to God. Bless you. See you tomorrow. Good night.